Hello and welcome to 100 Women in Insurance podcast. My name is Sandra Lewin and I am your host. I'm on the mission to make insurance a career choice, not a chance. Together with my amazing guests, we are sharing our career stories, tips and much more and hope to inspire to join and remain in insurance. The industry is changing, so it couldn't be a better time to showcase the fantastic women across the insurance market. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi, Emma. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) It's lovely to have you here as part of the 100 Women in Insurance podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad you agreed. Um, It's funny because we've met through Sam. and we are actually now the recording this live. This is the first time we've seen each other in person. It is. And I didn't realize that until like a few minutes ago. And I was like, actually, I've never met you in 3D before. But it doesn't really feel like that, does it? So. No, it doesn't. But that's, that's the good thing about being able to speak to mm. anyone anywhere virtually. But it's always nice to meet in person. Yeah. So we'll talk about working virtually actually at, at yeah. some point in the podcast. But Really happy you're here. And we always start the podcast with the first question, Korean insurance by choice or by chance? Definitely by chance. Um, it wasn't by choice, which I think most people who are around my age have a similar experience, I think. Um, so after I graduated, um, my mum was like, you need to get a job, obviously, as all parents do once you graduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, so I went to a temping agency mm-hmm. in Manchester and they gave me a job which started on the following Monday, which was at an insurance broker's. Oh. So I went home and told my mum, so she was really happy. And then she said to me, do you know what an insurance premium is? And I said, no. Uh, do I need to know that? And she said, yes, you should probably find out what premium is before you turn up on Monday. Because, you know, I just graduated. I hadn't had any insurance myself. So mm. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what a premium was. Why would I know that? Um, I had no experience of it. So I went in anyway on the on the Monday. And um, I, anyone who's listened to um, anything that I talk about in my training or anything will have heard me talk about the room with no windows. Okay. So when I um, went in for my first day, we all sat in a room with no windows and just open post all day. Yep. Putting it into piles. Yeah. Because that was how people communicated 17 years ago, uh, which was via post. Um, and that that's really where it all started. So, um. I met a circle of new friends there as well. And I think looking back, that's what kept me in the industry. Mm -hmm. So it was the people that I met there, the majority of which I'm still friends with now. Mm -hmm. And I think because I met that circle of friends, that group of friends, everyone stayed because everyone loved everybody so much. And it was just a nice place to work. Mm. And, And then I went through my CII qualifications and I did an apprenticeship. And then I was like, whoa insurance is a lot bigger than opening the post in this room because <laughs> I didn't realize you know um two years before I didn't even know what an insurance premium was so doing the, my qualifications sort of opened that out to mm. me I was like the London market I had no idea what this was mm. like I didn't know what Lloyd's was um, and how significant that was either 
Um, so I, that was where it all started, really. And then I stayed in Broken for a long time, mm. um, progressed through lots of different roles. I've done every single role you could ever imagine. <laughs> and in short, I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's a great way to learn, you know. I've, I've even done credit control. Like, Amazing. why was I doing I don't even know why I was doing that. But I was like, yeah, I'll try it. Why not? <laughs> but it was a good way to learn all the different functions in the business. Um, and I applied for jobs that I knew I wouldn't get mm. and I didn't get them mm. within, you know, like internal promotions. But that gave me more exposure, yeah. which allowed me to progress maybe a little bit quicker because I put myself out there. So that's something that I always say to people is if you want to apply for a job but you don't think you're going to get it, just do it anyway mm. because you need to put yourself out there, you know. So, um. I think there's more people coming into the market now by choice mm-hmm. than there were before. I've seen a massive shift in that, um, especially with the young people that I speak to now. They're actively seeking out these roles. Interesting. And I think the I think the change here is it's hard to put your finger on what what really the change is. I think it's more we, we're using social media a lot more more mm-hmm. effectively. Um, so you know like we, we're using TikTok to promote careers and that's getting it to an audience that maybe wouldn't have seen it before yeah which is helping and um, graduate programs apprenticeship schemes there's more of that now they didn't exist they didn't no and I, I definitely want to go come back to all those sort of points of how to promote it and where we're mm-hmm. going wrong and also where we're going well but kind of going back to your career journey um, so what I'm what I'm interested is how do you, you know you now see a lot of people you educate actually about insurance, and your current new role is senior leadership uh, consultant, is it senior learning consultant? Learning consultant, yeah, yeah learning yeah. consultant. What is that like? So you do you you are very familiar with TikToks, and um, if you were to think about a TikTok that explains what is your job. Mm-hmm what would it be so not necessarily I say is day in life but it's day in life explaining what you do <laughs> yeah no I understand I, I quite I do quite a lot of those day in my life yeah on, I know on, and I like them <laughs> on TikTok actually and, and I'm not very good at them because I usually doing forget them. I'm doing, doing it doing I'm doing it, it. Yeah. that's what we want <laughs> exactly I forget to film most of the time and it gets to the end of the day and I'm like oh well never mind maybe tomorrow um so it depends what I'm doing so if I'm training um in London my day is obviously going to look very different I have two sort of polar opposites there's mm-hmm. one where I'm on the go all the time traveling training events and then the other one where I'm at home and it's a very relaxed so I have two sort of different mm. um extremes really I suppose and one's can be quite isolating and the other one is very social mm-hmm. so I think that's what I like about it because it's a nice mixture of them both so when I'm um, training in London, you know, I live in Manchester, so I travel um, quite a bit. Um, which for someone with travel sickness is not a great thing. I don't know. <laughs> it's just typical, isn't it? That I'm on the train all the time and I get horrific travel sickness. I, do you know what? I, I love <laughs> traveling, love flying places, but I actually don't like flying and I get very sick on the plane. But if you were to say to me, do you fancy flying somewhere tomorrow? I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just I do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So um, typically it would be, you know, setting up my technology, facilitating sessions, um, 
holding remote sessions if we need to you know it's it's great now with the technology that we have that we can cater for all different types of clients because mm. some people want it face to face some people want it remotely and we can do a mixture of that we do hybrid as well wow. sometimes so you know you've got people in the room but people online so it's very um very intense and on the go when I'm doing face-to-face training whereas when I'm sort of at home and it's a non-training day that's very much um you know preparing all of our training materials that Mm -hmm. takes a lot of time um and coming up with new ideas and ways that we can improve the training that we're doing you know looking at feedback that we've received and trying to to work on that and we have a massive list of the nice to have things that we try and work through when we're not busy because there's loads of things that we would love to have and love to do, but sometimes time doesn't allow us. So we try and chip away at that as much as we can. And and then educating ourselves as well. Mm. So I don't know everything. Like it's impossible for me to know everything. It's also beauty of insurance. Yeah. People are like, oh, I need to gain 20 experience and then I can say I, I have I know stuff. I'm like, no. No. That's the thing about insurance. Like you can never know everything. No. It changes and it's so big that you can constantly be learning. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I don't know everything. Mm. So there's a lot of topics that I, you know, I might be looking at training in the future or maybe some that I'm training already and I think God, I need to know a bit more about mm. this and um, so I'd spend a lot of time sort of researching and reading and then doing my own studies as well and mm-hmm. um, so that takes time as well and um, when I am at home I like to go out and do my work somewhere else yeah Um, I like to use co-working spaces mm-hmm. I like to meet up with people in the industry in Manchester mm. just to sort of network with other people um, just to get out there really um, and we do quite a lot of um, talking with insurance companies and insurance brokers about their sort of training needs and their strategy because mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of companies might know what it is where they're falling short in their training um, and where people's skills and knowledge gaps are but they're not quite sure what could fill it yeah and so we do spend a lot of time having those discussions and proposing ideas and solutions and working with companies to do that Mm. um, as well which is a part of my job I really really enjoy so you've mentioned um, and I I love the variety so different which is nice especially if you're a person that like likes to be out there but also likes to kind of sit Mm. in the little corner and do the job it's nice because you get the balance you mentioned the reason why you stayed in insurance is probably people um, and it's an interesting point because a lot of uh, people that I speak to talk about people and we always say insurance is very human kind of um, mm. interactions um, but it, it got me thinking if, if someone I mean you, you've done a lot of roles um, you're obviously very good with people and you enjoy connecting with people if someone out there is interested in education how did you get into education and what's kind of skill set that you think of the roles that you've seen or experienced yourself actually transferable if someone wanted to get into education Mm, so it it all came from i was working as an operations coordinator another one of the many roles (laughs) and insurance brokers and um there was some issues going on about um 
compliance to do with client assets so it's mm-hmm. like how we handled money and people didn't understand um you know what are the rules what should what should we be doing why is it important and also with errors and emissions as well within the business um some staff were making mistakes and they didn't understand how really important it was that mm. we didn't make these mistakes um, and why it was important so I said well I'll put some training together for oh. it and I'll deliver it because I'd done a little bit of training before for like systems mm. and stuff I dabbled um but nobody nobody wanted to do this training because it wasn't <laughs> particularly interesting right compliance and um not a lot of people knew about it because mm-hmm. I was doing my diploma in insurance as well so I, I I was probably more qualified in insurance than than the other people on the team and some of the trainers so I put that training together and delivered that um and then that was really where I was like oh actually like this is I, I really enjoy doing this mm. I enjoy putting together all the materials and facilitating that and I think that making a technical topic um, sort of relatable to to whoever it might be, young people, the people new in the industry, people who have some experience, that's a really quite a crucial skill, mm-hmm. I think, especially with what we do. Um, because some of the stuff, some of the training and concepts that we're talking about, it, they don't seem relatable mm-hmm. upon sort of first glance. So trying to make those concepts relatable and relating them to people's everyday jobs, using real life scenarios mm-hmm. and, and storytelling, I think just brings it all to life a little bit. And, yeah. and that's what I started doing with that first um, training that I did, with, especially with the errors and emissions. I hear some stories of when it went wrong. And people were like, oh, my God, that's terrible. And I'm like, I know, let's not do this. So um, it, it kind of brings it to life a little bit yeah. more and people can relate to it. And that's still something that I do now with my training. I've got billions of stories from mm-hmm. all different things that I've experienced from all of those different roles that I've held um, that help bring all of those concepts um, to life. And then you see those light bulb moments with people yes. where they go, oh, right why I do that that makes sense and that's rewarding as a trainer Mm -hmm. and also great for the delegates as well because they're like oh well I get that now Mm -hmm. that makes sense um training people who have been in the industry for a bit longer is a little bit more challenging that comes with its own challenges um but I think the key skill there is tapping into their experience okay yeah and their expertise as well because they've usually got stories to share as well Mm. Um, and they've got knowledge um, to share so understanding that as part of your planning process is really important as a trainer I think planning is is really key in any sort of training or teaching Mm. environment you know find out who the people are that you're going to be training or teaching and what experience have they got what are the skills gaps what do they know what can Mm. they help you with yes that's so a good point. I was doing a session um, at an insurance company and we were talking about solvency mm-hmm. and we were talking about the financial crisis. Now, I know about it, but I wouldn't say I've got the best knowledge in the world. Yeah. And there was a girl in the session and she just completed um, an economics degree. Okay. And she, and I said to her, can you, can you explain it for us? And she got up, got a pen 
got on the whiteboard and she was fantastic mm. and I was like she's just kind of done my job for me and she felt included and she she might not have done if I was explaining it she was probably sat there thinking I can explain this better because yeah. I know all about it so let them you know interact and do it as well and they feel um included and like they've played a part in the training yeah. process as well and um, so I think that that's really important so the thing that you said about um, skills that are important for this role is planning people, but mainly storytelling. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love that because the if I think back to stuff I've learned, which were very complex mm-hmm. or important, is actually the story that mm-hmm. I remember. And there are plenty of stories in the insurance industry from your experience, yeah. but also from anyone else's experience. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk... Um, a lot in your role with uh, people who are starting in the insurance mm. industry. What do you think is the gap in the knowledge? So what mm-hmm. I mean by that is like, what do we wish people knew about the insurance industry that they don't know until they're in the room with you or until they're in the rooms sort of in the, in the industry, which by that time they're already here. Mm. But like, what would it be that we would want them to know? Um, I mean, <clears throat> I'm from outside of the London market. Mm. So I think that my experience is a lot different. Um, so, you know, when when I talk to people about insurance in the North, um, their perception of that is a call centre. And oh. to be fair, every insurance role that I've had has involved a call centre. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it's composite insurers offering home, car, motor, commercial, all different lines of business. So call centers are used for the sheer influx of calls that are coming in from yeah. customers. And they're really important. And I've, I've done my fair share of time on the phones in a call center, an insurance call center. So, but there are so many other roles that are just as important that make up an insurance company. And I think... That, um, you know, such as like actuaries and mm. people that work in data and MI, uh, business analysis, HR, you know, all of those roles are really important. And a role in insurance isn't just limited to being in a call center with a headset on. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that I always try to talk to people about, especially in the north. Yeah. Um, or, in, you know, somewhere up further north than the, than the south. And um, if you've got like a specific skill set, so, you know, if you're really good at maths, um, you know, you can work in actuaries as an actuary, you can go and work in underwriting. If you're really good with people, you you know, a broken is a really good career Mm. to go into and building those relationships. If you're good at geography, like there's so many different roles for lots of different skill sets. And it's not just how I did it I don't have a job so I'll go and work at an insurance broker mm. it's not something that you just have to fall back on or take by chance yeah and um, there is a choice to go into that role and there's a specific role for everybody in insurance I think and I don't think a lot of people realize that I think that's such an interesting point because I often so I, I started as a broker and that's, you know, and then I, I've made that choice not to be a broker. But um, I find that a lot of young people that I work with, I, I work with or, or mentor or, or speak to, 
they kind of get in this trap of unless I'm a broken underwriter, I'm not going to be mm. successful. And they already hear, but that's kind of the message that's out there. These are the main two strains of work that you can have. And then, so then they join the industry and within a year or two, a lot of them actually leave mm. because underwriting and broking is not for them. And we don't seem to talk enough to the others about the other skills, operations, mm. HR, marketing, like you said, and the thing, the beauty about insurance that I think it is, is the fact that you're starting as a uh, a broker or, I don't know, or data or claims or whatever, mm. you can transfer across mm. so many times and to so many roles. Yes, there's some expertise within it, but I think there is the availability once you're in the insurance. You know, the world is, and me and you are a perfect example, having yeah, done absolutely. many jobs. Um so I wonder if that's something that organizations or we as an industry, can we do better on talking about that mm. variety of roles? Because I think what you said is one thing that you wish people knew is is not a call center mm-hmm. um, and, and it's not a boring, mundane job that mm-hmm. you sit on the phone. But also there are other jobs mm-hmm. out there. Um, yeah, so what what can... What can organizations do to get better at showcasing or what can we do as an industry? Mm. I think um, as as an industry, I think using social media to, to our advantage is really important. Mm. Um, so we, I get a lot of companies coming to me and saying, we've got this job, but we, we're not getting any applications for it. And we really want new young people to come in. Mm. Because um, we want somebody that we can um, bring in as new, teach them everything they need to know and progress them through the business. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a great opportunity for somebody. But they're like, well, we're not getting anybody applying. So I'm like, well, where are you putting the job? Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be, you know, on their website or on Read. And I'm like, people aren't looking for jobs there anymore. <laughs> um, and they're like, well, what about LinkedIn? I said, well, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. maybe people might go there. Well, and um, you know some of the companies that I spoke to, they're they're really trying and putting out videos and stuff, and really mm. pushing themselves out of their comfort yeah. zone, which is great, and it's a really great first step. Um, we use TikTok a lot, mm-hmm. and we we do a course called Into Insurance, which is a free course for people who want to learn about the insurance industry. Um, and we we've had like over a hundred people get jobs in the insurance wow. market following that course. Because they come and they go, oh, I didn't realize this was insurance, mm. which is great. That's what we want to do. Um, and I'd finished one of these courses last week, one of our cohorts, and about 98% of them came from TikTok. See, it's interesting because so I, I'm controversial on the top uh, topic of, because I agree with you, LinkedIn is great, but for those who are already in the market. Mm-hmm. Most people yeah. under, and I'm, I'm generalizing here, but people under age of 21, 23, <laughs> they are not on, t- on LinkedIn. Especially Unless, if they're new, they're not yeah. going to be there. If they've been in the industry since, you know, younger, they probably would have heard about it. They now know the power of it. Great. But generally, they're not on it. Having said that, um, I, you know, I speak to increasingly to organizations in the in- insurance and they're like, we just got to be on TikTok. I'm like, have you ever posted anything on LinkedIn <laughs> other than the job post? No, 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 but we're just going to go on TikTok and we'll do dances. I'm yeah. Like, that's, again, not necessarily. So I'm I'm of that view, like, wait, before you go on TikTok, mm-hmm. have a think about it, what yeah. you're trying to do here. And I think, you know, what um, Sam, yourself, and, and the um, uh, Empower Development are doing is great. And so what would you 
do we need more people on TikTok? And if so, is it companies? Is it what is it that we need more of to attract that talent? And how can we use social media? Um, I think you're right that you have to figure out what it is you want from it before you go and do it. Otherwise, you're sort of going in blind, aren't you? And mm. um, doing dances on TikTok isn't going to do anything, right? <laughs> um, I've, I've seen a Clegg Gifford recently. Um, well, not recently. I think they've had their TikTok um, channel for, for quite a while now. But they just show what's going on around the office mm. and all of the events that they do. And, you know, it doesn't have to be following the trends and doing those little bits or whatever it is, you know, just showing what happens at an insurance company. Um, I think is, is good enough in showing all the different things that you can get involved with and all the events that are going on. I think that's really good. So I, I'm not saying everyone should go and jump on TikTok straight away. Obviously have a plan about what it is that you want to achieve. Um, but, you know, creating a LinkedIn presence is also equally as important. I think I know that we, we you know, we've just said that not everybody that you want to capture is going to be on there. Um, but I, I'm seeing more and more young people mm. on TikTok. I don't know if you've seen this as well. You know, I have an influx of people adding me every day that, um, you know, people who are at college, people who are at mm. uni, people who are ready to graduate and da, da, da. You mean um, on LinkedIn? On LinkedIn, yeah. yeah I'm seeing yeah. a lot of that now. So I don't know if this is something that's coming from education, oh. maybe something that's being pushed there saying, if you want to find a job, this is a really great place to go and get mm. a professional profile. Because I'm seeing more of it. And I saw this with our into insurance course as well, that um, they all, the majority of them had uh, LinkedIn profiles. And we talk about how they can make it work for, for themselves and see what they want to see. Um, and you know, I wouldn't have the job that I have now without LinkedIn mm. and building that network. Mm. Um, so I think it's really important for companies to be promoting themselves on there as well. Because, you know, I follow lots of companies who don't do anything on, yeah, on no. even LinkedIn. Um, mm. So posting about, you know, all the events that you have going on, all of the fun stuff, like mm. don't be scared of LinkedIn, putting fun stuff on there. Mm. It doesn't have to be all, look how serious we are. We really take insurance <laughs> seriously. It can be actually, do you know what? We have a laugh and we yeah. go and have drinks and we go and do fun stuff. Mm. And young people will see that and go, actually, this is probably a really fun place to be. Um, and maybe it's a nice place to get used to taking advantage of your social media presence mm. before you um, start doing dances on TikTok. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, if someone wanted to, so TikTok seems to be, you know, only if you're young and, 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 and not that we are not, we are very young, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it seems to be only like entry level to the insurance. This is the kind of people to be on mm. it. And, but if there are people out there, and I think there are increasingly that people like, I really want to showcase the great of, of insurance. Um, and I understand, I want to do it to younger audience. I don't necessarily just want to do it on LinkedIn. But I have been in insurance for a couple of years and I feel like I'm too old to jump on TikTok. Mm. You know, you said earlier, a great company to showcase insurance. They don't just dance. They actually show, showcase mm. the day to day. What advice would you give to someone who actually wants to show up on social media, TikTok or LinkedIn, but they are afraid of being too old or, or, or you know, not trendy or not mm. wanting to dance? Mm. What, what would you say? It's actually a really daunting thing to mm. do, I think. I remember when um, I first got this job, I was relatively quiet on socials. Mm. Um, 
I mean, not too quiet. The reason I'm here is because Sam used to see the stuff I was posting on LinkedIn and it, our sort of values align, which is great. So I was posting the right things, but I'm, I was nowhere near as active as I am now because I was scared of it, right? Because mm. what kind of post, what kind of posts? Are people going to think that I'm mental like crazy? Like, <laughs> what is she doing? Why is she posting this stuff? Is this questionable? Is this suitable? And it's just so many things. And these are the conversations that I have with with people like my group of um, girl friends who also all work in insurance they're like um, I really want to do TikTok but I have no idea what to post mm. there because I don't know what's suitable and I don't know what's cringy mm. and what's actually informative to people and I think that that's that's the issue isn't it we don't know where to start and I know that I didn't um, I mean to be honest I just looked at other people's and what yeah. everyone else was doing yeah. Um, I looked at Sam, who's RMJ, and saw what she was doing on TikTok and some of the things that she was posting about. Um, and I looked at her LinkedIn. What kind of things was she 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 sharing? <laughs> <I should be laughs> what type of things was she sharing? And um, with with um, like TikTok, I found a bit of a a niche there now with my content. So I talk about insurance facts quite a lot. I always put on different insurance facts and talk about those and people really like that because mm. it's it's interesting but it's still about insurance yes and then it sparks that interest as well so look at you know what everyone else is doing and I know that you don't want to copy people but um why not though you can like it's fine there's room for everybody right um, so don't worry about copying people but you can make it your own as well so I think just looking at what everyone else is doing especially if you know you're I, I'm I'm like mid-aged so going on TikTok was a scary experience mm. but and it's really scary putting yourself out there for the first time because some people are not kind you know <laughs> they aren't but I always <laughs> say do you know I'm waiting for my first real haters because I yeah. feel like that's when I've made it exactly like, that's my level of achievement <laughs> yeah. so I am like any haters out there please come at me because I know I'm yeah. famous and it happens. but no I agree it's horrible when yeah. you get that though and, isn't it you know <laughs> and you can't take it too seriously no. either um and it's it's going to happen whatever you're on, you know, Facebook, mm. LinkedIn. LinkedIn doesn't happen as much. But it does happen You do as see well. some questionable yeah. stuff on there sometimes, <laughs> some comments, and you're like, mm, is this okay for LinkedIn? Probably not. So you you see it everywhere you go, right? Yeah. So it's, it is a risk, but just it's just not taking it too seriously and not taking yourself too seriously either. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good way. So don't take yourself seriously. Try, see what else everyone else is doing, um, gain inspiration. Mm. And I think you're right. Don't be afraid to kind of do similar topic because you're always going back to your story. Your story and viewpoint will be slightly different. Mm. I think I've read a quote a long time ago um, about think how many coffee shops are on your high street. Mm -hmm. If each and one of those coffee shops thought they can't sell coffee because there's yeah. already one, you know. <laughs> So we all tell yeah. a story slightly different. Yeah, of course. And, and that's that's where it comes from. My my friend um, Alicia, she has just recently set up her TikTok channel about less than a week ago, and she's right. so nervous about it. She's she's a, few, a couple of years into her insurance career, and um, I said to her, right, the first thing you should do is post about how you got into insurance and your apprenticeship journey. Yeah, like that's really interesting to people hearing 
your background and your story and also it's a nice way to ease in because you've mm. not got to worry about and um, what I'm, is what I'm saying right well of course it is because it's your story so it is right love that so. we'll take that away that is that <laughs> is yeah if you're thinking start with your journey yeah that's absolutely. right there's no right or wrong in that and mm-hmm. that is your journey I love that well I think I wanted to ask you one more question before we close is we were talking about you being based in Manchester and as well, you touched on, um, you know, using social media and actually you got this role for social media. Yeah. <laughs> and you you run events in person, online and hybrid, which that's just another dynamic. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, you know, the world is moving towards that hybrid setup, mm. right? Um, what works for you that you, you know, what do you think? It, let me ask the question one more time. What makes a successful working relationship when you work in in a remote team Mm. I think um one of the main things that I think companies need to do is build trust Mm. trust is really important if you if you work remotely if you have staff that work remotely or if you're a, a member of staff who is working remotely um and because it can be a really stressful position to be in if you're constantly worrying mm. about how productive you are. Um, I've been there before where yeah. I felt like, you know, they don't trust me. Am I doing enough? Um, filling my outlook with everything that I was doing just to show how, exactly how much work I was doing which probably made me less productive because I was spending so much time worrying about it. It was probably being detrimental to what I was supposed to be doing. Um, I'm I'm so lucky with the position that I'm in now that we have that trust. Um, and it that just makes such a calmer working environment for me. Um, you know, and the flexibility is so important as well. And I think giving staff that flexibility to do, you know, school drop off, like mm-hmm. it's one less stressful thing to worry about, yeah. right? And, you know, you don't have to take your lunch at 12 to 1. If you want to take it earlier, that's fine. If you want to take it later, that's fine. Obviously, that depends on what it is you're doing, of course. Yeah. Um, but being flexible about around that as well, I think that that um, eases any stress also. Because if you need to go and do something, you can go and do it at whatever time that is. Because you just take your lunch at that time. Um, and, you know, the mindset of if, if that person is achieving what they need to achieve, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, a lot of companies um, are, are like that now with, well, if you want to maybe start later and finish later, if you want to mm-hmm. start earlier and finish earlier, as long as you're achieving what we need you to achieve, yes. it's fine. And I think that that's a really wonderful thing for people because mm-hmm. it creates such a a nicer, well, people's lives, a nicer life, you know. Because you don't have to worry about it. And, you know, I think about people who worked in London five days a week. Yes. And some people <laughs> travelled hours to get yeah. to work, right? Yeah. It's, it's wild when we think about it now that that's what used to happen. And you used to rush for that train yeah. and kind of, you know, sweat and be absolutely stressed <laughs> just to make it for that nine o'clock. And yeah, like, so stressful. Why am I here? <laughs> and you feel like you've had a day before you even get there, right? And that that fosters a lot of negativity I think before you even get into the office Mm. um but being being at home and feeling trusted 
and having that flexibility that you feel calmer as a worker you, you're going to get more done you're going to be more motivated and you're going to be happier and happier people produce better results right yeah so I think as a team we're always communicating so keeping that communication open is really important as well yeah. because working at home for some people can be very isolating mm-hmm. um some people don't enjoy that yeah um and we have like a whatsapp group and that's that's really important for us as a team and um, so whenever we do something that's that's good or we get good feedback we'll throw it in the whatsapp group and everyone will uh like congratulate each oh, other and talk about how amazing it is and if anyone's got a problem we'll talk about it in there and make sure there comes to some sort of resolution so having that communication with the team is really important as well and you know having team meetings and check-ins um, and those types of things you know for me personally I like a bit of direction and um, so having those with my manager is important to me so what things are a priority to me what things you know do you think I should be working on what are you working on is there anything mm-hmm. that I can do and you know keeping that line of communication open all the time we talk on the phone at least every day just to and, and that's nice I like that yeah and um, because I want to keep that communication line open um and then we can collaborate and share ideas more and it doesn't feel as as isolating mm-hmm. um I like to go out as well and again this is where that trust and less micromanagement yeah. comes in yeah you know if you're a person who works at home who doesn't have to be on the phone your staff if they go and work in a coffee shop or in a mm. library does it matter yeah. can they still do their job yeah and I find I'm more productive when I do that because yeah. I get sick of the four walls mm. right and sometimes I might procrastinate and if I feel like I'm gonna have one of those days I'll go yeah. And I'll go and do it somewhere else. Yeah. I'll go to the Starbucks and just mm-hmm. sit in there for a couple of hours and I'll get more work done there than I would have done all day. Yeah. Um, so changing your environment um, is really important. But then, you know, companies have to appreciate that and yeah. give that level of trust. Yeah, I agree. I think that trust is a, is a big... I think we have three big words from this podcast. People, trust and storytelling. I feel like this <laughs> summarises what we've been talking yeah. about. But one of the questions I like to ask at the end of the podcast is what is one thing that you've experienced thanks to being in the insurance industry? And that could be an event, meeting meeting someone, personal growth, I don't know, going to a fancy restaurant, whatever it is. But one thing thanks to being in insurance that you have experienced. Oh, wow. Um, you can <laughs> look at your name too. <laughs> I think. Well, recently, quite a lot of things have happened which um, have been really important for my career, my exposure. And I think being in this job that I'm in now has pushed me out of my comfort zone so much that these are things I probably wouldn't have done before Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't have put myself in that position. And so I'm, I'm the deputy chair of the education committee. at the insurance institute of manchester that's something that i probably wouldn't have got involved with before and that's a massive achievement for me Mm. um and thank you it's really rewarding and i love doing it um so that's great and last month i had an article published in a journal which was massive for me as well because it was very personal to me Mm. um and it was 
it, yeah, it was very personal and very like quite raw. And the feedback that I had from people about that was like, oh my God, this has really opened my eyes. Um, and it's helped a lot of people. So that's been amazing as well. So that's probably one of the big um, career highlights for me so I love far. that. So for those who want to read it, is the journal, the CII uh, yeah, magazine? Yeah, it's the CII journal. July. It is, oh, no. might be June. the last one, yeah. yeah we, you know, we're doing July now, so yeah. Yeah, it's on the June. website. You just type my name in the website and it'll come up, so there that's easy. Oh, well done. <laughs> Great oh. achievement. Really good. Well, it's yeah. been lovely having you here. Thank and you. Thank you so much for joining me. And for those who want to connect, ask any questions, LinkedIn is probably the best place. Yes. Yeah. So LinkedIn, um, TikTok, of yeah. course, because we spoke about TikTok so much. Yeah. Um, so I'm Empower Emma on TikTok and Instagram. And obviously, we've got Empower Development on TikTok as yeah. well. And we've got our own podcast, Empower yeah. Talk where we talk to people from all across the industry so if you're into your podcasts I mean you should be if you're here so um, yeah <laughs> and um yeah LinkedIn um and my inbox is always open fantastic thank you so much thank you. thank you for listening to today's episode help us spread the word by following us on LinkedIn and TikTok at 100 women in insurance Rate our podcast and share it on your social media platforms. Remember, this is a podcast for you, so your opinion matters to us. If you have any recommendations or comments, please get in touch through our social media. We would love to hear from you. See you in our next episode.